Welcome back to Baby Banter, a podcast all about baby play and development. I'm your host, Nicole Pates, a pediatric physio and a mum of two beautiful kiddos. I've got in the studio with me today, Monique and Gio, who is sleeping, and Helen and Seb. And you might be able to hear Seb making some little noises because he is wide awake. And these two beautiful, brave mums, we are following their journey for the first 12, maybe a little bit more months or so. And we're at five months. Yes, here we are. (laughs) So exciting. (laughs) So exciting. Before we get started, I wanted to introduce you to my online membership, the Baby Play Academy. With over 250 purposeful play ideas from birth to walking, masterclasses on rolling, crawling, walking and baby sign language, bonus extras like webinars from paediatric experts and tummy time and sensory play PDFs, over 150 frequently asked questions at your fingertips and my favourite, on-hand support from my team of physio, OT and speech as well as hundreds of other parents in our online support forum. It is everything you need to play, connect, and reduce the anxiety around development in that first year and a half of your baby's life. Come and check it out at www.babyplayacademy.com. I would like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. I pay my respect to the elders, both past, present and future. Hey mum, it's time for Baby Banter. We've all got extra large McDonald's coffees <laughs> sitting in front of us. My coffee machine broke this week. I have no um, But yes, yeah, so guys, oh Seb, that's a very cute face. Tell me a little bit about what's been happening so far. Gio started solids this month. Woo. It's been so fun. <laughs> I'm like, I think I'm enjoying it just as much as he is, but it's no surprise that he likes food to us. He's always been eyeing it off. So we thought we'd get into it using some of those tiny turtle little oh, yes. sachets. Little, yeah. uh, tiny turtle is that baby food production company here in Perth. Deliver to your door. And so it's all. It's so good. So good. It's yeah. very handy if you can. You can manage yeah. that. I'll so see when, if they can swing us a discount code on the podcast. <laughs> Put it in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so when we're having a meal, we'll just grab out one of the little portions for Gio and he now every meal he's looking for his food. Oh, <laughs> but he it's likes super to cute. be involved. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and what about you, Helen? How's you, Seb? Hey, Seb. Yeah, good. We are just kind of more of the same. Lots of, you know, library and walks and the local parenting group and... I feel like not much has changed between four and five. And I'm like, is something missing? (laughs) 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 Rolled a grand total of twice with two weeks in between. And I was like, oh my God, am I not giving enough opportunities? But then month three, part three came out and it was like, some babies just don't enjoy it. And I'm like, okay, okay, it's going to be fine. He's going to get to it eventually. It's going to be okay. So yeah, just trying to keep enjoying every day and he's very alert and smiley and happy most of the time. So He's pulling tongues at me right now. He's very social. That's a new little thing we've been doing. Like I've been doing it to him and he's sort of doing it more deliberately. So yeah, definitely playing with his mouth a lot. Oh, that's so cute. He's very, very cute. I'm getting distracted. We're going to jump straight into it today. We have Fiona Weaver from Mama Matters. Fiona is a social worker who is also trained in the Circle of Security program. She's done a motherhood studies certification through Sophie Brock, she's done the Lindsay Hockway sleep coaching certification, and she's done her perinatal psychology and perinatal infant mental health certification. So she's a really well-rounded, holistic, respectful and kind person 
perinatal mental health parenting expert that I kind of go to whenever I have a question about is this normal or what about this. She takes, you know, really big wide lens view and helps me sort through the BS and makes me feel less like a failure. So I love Fiona. We're going to get her on the phone and ask her a few questions and she's over in in the eastern states. We're in the western states. There's a bit of a time difference, but we'll see if she picks up. Let's give her a bell. Hello. Hello, Fiona. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I was just, I'm just trying to work out my like DJ controls on the phones <laughs> and I had the volume up too high and we all got the like in our ears. <laughs> you do sound um, like a DJ, hey? Oh, yeah. It's pretty fun. Like pretty a cool. radio DJ. No. Probably not like a in the club DJ. Oh, um, how are you? Thank you so much for t- for being so generous with your time. I just gave you a little intro to the girls and the rest of the audience on our podcast, just saying oh, that you helped me through Anything the BS and, yeah, and make me feel less like a failure in parenthood. It's great. Oh, I hope so. That's the aim of the game. <laughs> um, so My I'm, baby's just woken up on cue too. Oh, yeah, always. He was just sleeping peacefully and now he's talking at me. Okay, you made a noise and he's like, yeah, mum, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to be on the podcast too. I want to be on the podcast too. Don't let me miss out, little Sonny. So I've got Monique and Helen with me. Monique's little one, Gio, is asleep and Seb is sitting on Helen's lap having a grand old time. And they have, yeah, they're really cute. Um, it's, it's, it's really distracting actually, but wonderful. <laughs> they have a lot of questions about parenting and sleep and a few other things and I thought who better to ask than you because you've got that well-rounded experience in all of that. So is it okay if they – shoot some towards we'll you. Is there anything you wanted to say before before we start? No. Yeah. Shoot away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, it's Monique here, by the way, <laughs> because you're Hi, on over you? east. Uh, I noticed on your bio that you are trained in Circle of Security. I'm yeah. really curious about if there's courses that we can do as parents and what exactly is it? And how can yeah. we apply it to parenting our little boys? Yeah, of course. Circle of Security is kind of like a, it's kind of a gold standard for parenting interventions around the world. It's based on attachment science and developmental psychology. It's run by, or well, founded by three men over in the States, and they have rolled it out to train up facilitators all around the world to run this group. So it is. Ideally, it is an in-person group program with yeah. parents of little babies and kids in the early years, and it it helps to it helps to give us a roadmap or a framework to understand our kids' attachment needs. Okay. So the circle of security itself is, if you imagine, a literal circle, and on the left of the circle is some hands. That is, you as the parent and the caregiver, you are the safe haven and secure base, and from from your hand, from the safe haven and yeah. secure base, your child develops confidence to go out on the top of it, on the top of the circle and explore their world. And then on the bottom of the circle, they have a new set of needs where they need their feelings organised to be kept safe from harm, protected, watched over, that sort of stuff, and they can come back into their safe haven. It is building on our kids' attachment relationships and creating secure attachment relationships through knowing when to support our kids' exploration and then also when to welcome them back in. Yeah, beautiful. So, so it's quite a there, framework that once you do the course, you have obviously a greater understanding of how it applies to your baby as well. Yeah, and it gives you a lens. And okay. it's, it's sort of one of those things that once you learn, you can't 
you can't unsee it. You see it in your relationship with your partner, with your own parents. It really invites us to reflect on the ways that we were parented and how that shows up in our parenting as well because no one gets away with that free. I've heard of it mentioned quite a few times, but I don't think our local child health nurse is able to offer it at the moment. Is there anywhere else that we can go? Is there a certified online course or or sort of a basis point for us to go to get, you know, anything that we can train up in? Sorry, this is Helen, by the way. Um, That we can can get sort of a little bit more on it, you know, in a way. Yeah. So it's... It is usually run for free or low cost around non-government organisations or community organisations such as child health or, yeah, other health clinics and things. So you can look around there. I don't think that there is a, a, a one place where you'll be able to see everywhere who is running it. I know Circle of Security have a little bit of a directory, but it's not very reliable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Otherwise... Some people offer it online, like us at Mama Matters. Yes, I have Fiona, a give yourself a my yeah, girls Fiona trained runs a great up. Yeah. online. <laughs> Mama Matters crew run a great online. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Yeah, it, it goes for yeah. Look, I wasn't even set up. It was um, it, it does go for seven or eight weeks. There's eight modules in person. We would do it for eight weeks. So, but online we do it over seven weeks. So we combine week seven and eight, and it's an hour to two hours each week in the group over Zoom. So it can't be pre-recorded or anything like that. That was going to be my very question. Much, <laughs> yeah, it's very reliant on group discussion and reflection. That's okay. where the magic happens. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so, yeah, we, we run it at Mother Matters. I've got psychologists and social workers trained up. I haven't got them trained up. They are trained facilitators in circle of security and they run them online. Yeah. <laughs> We've gathered a very good team that's very I've got an amazing and well-trained. Team. Um, yeah, and, and when I'm ready to get back in, I will run them myself as well. Yes. And in here in Perth, there are a few organisations like Nagala that, that run free okay. circle of securities um, yeah. programs. So there's just there's face-to-face options, but often, you know, sometimes you can't get there or or you might want to do it with your, with your partner. And yeah, it makes that sense. accessibility of different yeah. times. Um, and mm. I can, yeah, Fiona's group's always very um what are the, how do I say it? Gets, you guys just get together and the magic happens. Like it's open discussions and you're vulnerable, but there's no judgment and it's yeah, it's a really nice feeling. Yeah, yeah. Sounds you so will good. get a different experience with a different facilitator too. Like it's, I might not be your fit because I'm quite relaxed and informal, whereas other people might appreciate more of a structured, formal approach. Other health professionals can be trained up in it. You don't need to be a psychologist or a social worker. Okay, it could mm-hmm. be a child health nurse or. Yeah, anyone. I've always wanted not to train. Anyway. You should. One day. One day. Yeah. yeah. It would inform so much of what you do I know. without actually I, running um, the group. The foundations of the circle of security, just like the principles that it practices yeah. in, is, is so helpful to the yeah. lens of not only my working with my own, raising my own children, but working yeah. with the children at work and the families. And, yeah, it's mm. just, it's really nice because you can – can adopt those frameworks in different aspects of your life. So yeah, I, yeah. I personally Absolutely. love finding things that I can learn that I can yeah put across as a mm. lens across yeah. everything that I'm doing. And being new to this baby space, I kept hearing circle of security. Oh, no, You've I mentioned keep, it quite, I keep a, dropping quite, it a, quite a few times <laughs> and I'm like, what is it exactly? Yeah, because our yeah. mysterious yeah. magical thing. Yeah. And our child health nurse had mentioned it as a great foundation as well, but isn't offering any programs on it at the moment. So I'm like, so what do we do about it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's really great Where to know. There is also a book, if it's not the right time for you to 
commit to the cause or money holding you back, there is a book called Raising a Secure Child, which is a good foundation as well. Okay, great. And that's written by the founders. Oh, Amazing. Great. That's lovely. I might link that in the, the show notes. And I will also link uh, yeah. link your website in Fiona. And the other thing that you offer, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. now because while we're talking about this, is the Coming Home membership. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Coming Home is an online community for parents of, well, it's for mums, for mums of babies, toddlers, preschoolers, little kids. And it is honestly, it has been the most incredible heartwarming community I've ever seen. I'm so proud. I don't feel like I've deserved it. I don't feel like I've done anything. But the the, the space that they have created online is so warm and supportive and beautiful. But we have a private community and we do monthly masterclasses where we, we, we want to really advocate for good enough parenting and being through some of these societal pressures and the shoulds of being the perfect mum and breaking free of a bit of that. And then also just having that safe space to say, hey, I am fired. I'm having a hard week without everyone saying, well, you should do something about it, sleep train, go do self-care. It's a really safe place where you can tell people that you're having a bad day and you know that all you will be met with is validation, support and love and solidarity. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. Oh, Before I find a nice place to start. <laughs> yeah. Just some more questions. Helen or Mon? Um, I guess leading on from that, my bond oh. I feel like is growing every week with Dio. I feel like we're getting a pretty good group with our mum and baby relationship. He's also forming quite a strong bond with his dad. He's happy to stay with him while I go and do what I need to do out of the house as well and doesn't seem too phased when I walk back in the door. This morning I walked in and he's reading a book with dad and hardly looked up at me. He was so engaged in the book. I was like, oh my God, so cute. Oh, that's adorable. But as he's getting older, I've started noticing just little personality, behavioural little things cropping up. And as a teacher background, we do a lot of positive behaviour management. And I know it seems a bit weird, it's so young to be like worried about behaviour, but is there anything that crops up at five to six months behaviour-wise? Because I've noticed sometimes he's like biting down a little bit when he's feeding or something or like gentle hands. He can be quite rough with his hands and I know he yeah. probably doesn't understand, but is there anything that crops up that... I can kind of work on a more gentle way of managing that as he gets older. Yeah, I hear you. I think the look to start with the feeding while uh, biting while feeding is a tricky one because it bloody hurts. It's really hard not to have a big reaction. (laughs) Thankfully, it's only been a couple of times. (laughs) Yeah, I think for something like that, you might think about whether you can offer them a feeding toy before they feed. You can notice whether they are actually hungry or whether they are just playing around on there and take them off. If they do bite, just be really, just take them off and try not to have too big a reaction. Okay. But that is something that it seems to be a rite of passage for babies, which is not very fair. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I want to encourage you to shift your perspective from a behavioural perspective to more yeah. of a relationship yeah. focus. Yeah. Because if we have this lens of needing to manage behaviours or nip something in the bud early we're kind of missing what's happening in front of us if yeah. that makes sense and yeah, yeah, totally. circle of security yeah. can really help too but there are going to be lots and lots of behaviors that our kids exhibit over the next few years that we aren't going to really like and it's not going to mm-hmm. make us feel very good about our, our parenting but 
I think just having really, really thick expectations of our babies and our kids and knowing what they are developmentally capable and not capable of because yes. usually our expectations are way higher than their capabilities. Yes. Mm. So if we if we take the pressure off needing to get them behaving a certain way or stopping these behaviours from happening and instead just manage them as they come up, if, if your baby doesn't have gentle hands with another baby, just move them away so they can't um, yeah. be rough with them. Yes, because they're not going to learn anything at this so age young, yeah. about yeah, yeah yeah so it's just about kind of hovering and knowing that babies aren't supposed to interact a certain way with other babies they don't know what they're doing no of course they're not. Just, <laughs> and, and they're, they they're living in the moment as well <laughs> yeah, yeah and they can only have one feeling or desire at a time so they can't hold okay. I want to hit alongside but I shouldn't yes exactly yeah you know so they're 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 in the moment, they have one feeling if they want to hit, they're going to hit. Yes. And so it's about, yeah, stepping yeah. in before it happens or just managing it when it does. And also, I'm getting social work here, but <laughs> noticing what comes up for you in those moments. If you have a kid who hits another kid, what's happening for you? Are you feeling some guilt or shame around that? That you have the kid who's hitting and catching yourself out on that because so you're not projecting your feeling back on them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, or just just noticing because there's a lot of when we think about behaviour and how we want our kids to behave, we, we can feel like we're doing something wrong with our kids behave a certain mm, way. Yeah. Or we don't want to be the parents of the kid who makes the other kid cry. Mm. That reflects on us, but it's usually a little bit of the perfect mum myth coming up for us and societal expectations of, you know, what makes yeah, a good true. baby or a good mm. kid and yeah. just being mindful of some of that stuff so we don't fall down that track of where have I gone wrong. Yeah, and I do see that in a lot of my friends. They're like trying to balance what their children are doing and what society expects and then what their mm. people are like, well, what are you doing about it almost? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's really, really yeah. hard for them. So that's in the it's, back of my mind as lot. it gets older. And it's funny coming from a primary school teacher perspective and then going right back down to real basics and knowing that he doesn't actually know what he's doing. Mm. And he also doesn't have the, like, fine motor control and exactly. those developmental skills. So if he's trying to feel your hair yeah. and then he grabs it, but he might not be able to let go or pull as hard yeah. as, you know, if he's pulling exactly. too hard, but he can't moderate that. That's yeah. all new for him. So yeah. it's not... Not like those actions are either intentional or either. Exactly. And you mentioned very briefly the reaction, trying not to react too much. Is that quite a common thing that can happen that can exacerbate certain Um, things that they do? Probably not at this age. No. But around nine or ten months when they realise that Nicole might have more. (laughs) They get a reaction. (laughs) More accurate. Yeah. But, you know, that that cause and effect, realising that they have an impact or an influence on their world around them. So if yes. they do this, then something does that. Yes. So they're going to want to explore that more. Oh, that something just happens then. I don't quite understand it, so I'm going to keep doing it to make sense of it. Perfect. Would you say that too, Nick? Yeah, yep. So as they, it's just they're, they're exploring. And, and that, 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 that nine months as well, that separation mm. anxiety peak, so they want to be close to you. Like it's, it starts to really, not separation anxiety, but that, that need to be close and that awareness, that that object permanent so that yeah. you're there and when you're not there, they know you still should be somewhere and they're like, well, I need you back because you're my primary caregiver and mm-hmm. I love you and where are you and you're my safety and so it's coming from a place of security, not a 
place of manipulation. Mm. It's a it's a, it's a like I'm figuring out the world and the world can be a little bit, you know, not scary, but like different and new and I need my safe person. Yeah. And I know you just went around the corner, but I can't see you, but I know you should be somewhere. Yeah. And then, yeah, so it's 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 hard. It's hard yeah. to balance those 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 things. I remember Claire at that age, we used to sing that, oh, that song about, anyway, because she would just cry if we were not near. So pick her up and be like, we're still here. But I yeah. feel like I'm already saying that. He gets so upset as soon as he can't see me. And I'm like, did you forget that I existed? I'm here. I'm still here. I'm right here. Or he turns away from me and then gets upset. And then I'm like, hey, I'm here. And he turns back and he's like, oh, oh. Yeah. They're just so stoked to see you, aren't they? Yeah. It's the best. I love it. Every now and then I fall apart. I can see an Insta reel coming up. I always made one at the time. I was like, oh, because I don't like sharing photos of the kids upset. And she was like, that was part of like, it would be her upset. But sing that song to just acknowledge that it wasn't a negative thing for her. It was just her feeling that she needed us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I guess I don't know if Helen has anything to add to that topic. Seb, oh, Seb, Seb, Seb does. Yeah, he's getting grizzly. Maybe we'll move towards more sleep based questions. Yeah. Go for it. We've just gone, we've just hit five months. So I feel like mm-hmm. the four month sleep regression was real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reflecting. I was in complete denial. Progression. The progression. progression of the brain has been epic though. <laughs> <laughs> I have to yeah, highlight that. Yeah. I, I did have a question earlier this month, like how do we uncomplicate sleep and just mm-hmm. on the relationship with our baby with regards to sleep? Yeah. Where where do you feel like you're at with sleep? Do you feel like it's consuming or you're cruising or where are you feeling? I guess at the start of the month, a bit of context. Yeah, it got a bit out of control. His development, as soon as he was like having a major new skill that day, his sleep that night would be terrible. And sometimes it would go on for a few days. He had a little bit of a cold, a bit of a cough, really, that really threw his sleep. When he turned five months on the day, I started doing a little bit of sleep training We've kind of gone full circle and he's gone back to being able to sleep longer stints now. And I feel like it's really working for us. And I know it doesn't work for all babies, depending on their personality. I'm using a program from one of the more recognised sleep specialists here in Perth, Gentle Sleep. Oh, are you? Yeah. But I know different people have different perspectives and what works for you might not work for someone else. But yeah. I am mindful of the relationship with the baby and if it can have an effect on them long term. Yeah, well, look, every family is going to find a different fit for them and that is totally okay. So you just don't feel confident in what you're doing and knowing that you know what's best for your family. Yes. Um, I think in terms of your original question of how we can uncomplicate it and not stress about it so much is, to find somebody who you are aligned with. So if you are feeling aligned with that approach and that's feeling good for you, then just, you know, don't open yourself up to too much else. Yeah. Of course, be open-minded, but think about all the things that you follow on Instagram. Think about Mm. all of the advice that is conflicting and simplify it. Don't, Don't go down those Instagram rabbit holes of everything you're doing wrong 
if yes. it's making you feel like shit. So yes. I just have a rule that if you are scrolling on Instagram, if you read something and you're noticing in your body that you're feeling tense or bitter or disgusted or angry or sad or feeling like a failure, then just unfollow. Unfollow, yeah. Because you, you can always follow them again later. Yeah. But I would also caution against tracking too much, yeah. being really outcome focused, like looking for really good naps or getting caught in worrying about the future too much. If we have a, a, a day when the naps haven't gone to plan, then tonight's going to be miserable and you know, catching yourself and getting in some of those, those cycles. Yeah, preempting. Oh no, getting in the way. He's going to have a bad yeah. sleep tonight yeah. because of this. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. Dad did the wonder because it, it's <laughs> one thing to be, it's one thing to be tired. Yes, but then it, you're adding a whole other layer if you are tired and also, oh my god, I woke up four times last night. Yes. You could wake up four times in the night and be like, I don't even know what time I woke up. I don't know how many times I woke up. I did get to a been point a little this bit month, tired, but, but I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. Versus, yeah, I woke up this time for another week for this long and this happened and today's going to be awful because I woke up that many times. Okay. I would encourage... Oh, I actually got phone. to the point where I, I put down, like I didn't pick up the phone when I got up. Oh, there you are. And because otherwise, like if I got up to clear a will and picked up the phone, then I would be like, oh, that's the time. And then I would go on Instagram and say, oh my God, I've been like, or well, I've been doing this for half an hour. And so then I would start time worrying. Yes. And so yes. if I just, sorry guys, Seb's a little bit sad. He's going to go have a nap. Whereas if I just sort of didn't worry about the time and, you know, especially it's easy to do that when you're not working as well. Yeah, not worrying absolutely. About the time. Um, and I always had that in the back of my mind, even this month when I was having bad sleep. I was yeah. like, well, I'm not working next day, so does it really matter? Yeah. yeah. I always yeah. I always like to reflect, Fiona, because this happens a lot when we talk about, you know, babies that are not, you know, they might be a little bit higher in the crying category and, you know, around that three-month mark they tend to, you know, settle again and often we – you know, associate interventions with the, 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 the cure, but actually it's just time. Like there's mm. no studies on that. And, and around, like you said, you had a cold and it was learning new things. Exactly. And then, you know, babies are changing mm-hmm. all the time and it's, it's they're taking that relationship focus is rather than mm. thinking something will fix it because it might work, exactly. it might work for a little bit and yeah. then it might not, and then it might work not. for a bit. And yeah. that's okay too. Like yeah. it's not static. They're yeah. changing, they're growing, they're adapting. Yeah. They're learning new things and new skills and lots of research out there to support that when they do learn new skills, especially crawling and pulling to stand mm-hmm. and rolling, that sleep mm. is disrupted. Yes. Yeah. And so we can't like prevent that disruption. It's so <laughs> funny when he's like on the borderline of sleep, the new thing he's doing is he's realised he's got fingers and yeah. they're the most exciting things to him in the world and he's <laughs> got his fingers, he's touching them together, it's like he's counting. And it makes me laugh every time I see him doing it <laughs> because my husband counts his fingers with him in the morning. But that's really cute. Yeah, that skill. I, and then it's like when he's not sleeping, he's, oh, the fingers are there. <laughs> he's looking at them again. <laughs> I'm awake again. I've just I've turned my brain back on. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. I think, I think this is another space to think about shifting from that outcome focus yes. as well because I know that, I was almost graduated as a teacher, so yeah, I, I, I couldn't do it in the end at all. But everything is outcome based. Mm. So sometimes it feels like you want to fix sleep or get sleep right or mm-hmm. get it to a certain point, but really it just it evolves and changes so much over those first few years. Yeah, it's not always mm-hmm. that there's a problem to be fixed. It's yes. there's always 
room to tweak things or make changes if you're not coping, like if something is not working for you guys as parents, then you can make changes that are developmentally appropriate. But moving away from people sleeping through the night by now or they should be self-settling by now. this many minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. I had a little bit of guilt uh, feeling like I had let him down in some way because I was feeding to sleep all the time. And I know that it's a beautiful, natural thing to do. But I realise, I feel like when he was waking up in the middle of the night, he's looking for me right next to him because I would always feed him sleep, put him in his bassinet. He'd wake up and he'd like, where's mom? And then I'd get him and feed him again and put him back down. And it was just getting into this cycle over and over and over again. And that works for some people. But for me, I was like, this is getting too much. He's yeah. always needing to come back to me in the bed and then back to his yeah. bed again. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what you fingers need to crossed do, what like, we're doing what? is yeah. going to work for us <laughs> long term. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My kids still don't sleep. <laughs> I still don't sleep. I don't sleep expect him to sleep through the night, but <laughs> no. Yeah. No, but, no. Inter- but just taking that pressure off. It's interesting yeah. also, Mon, that you mentioned like getting out to feed and coming back in. One of the changes I've had, I feel like we haven't had as much of a sleep dip as I've been expecting. We've had a few bad nights, but not loads and loads. Yeah. But one of the things I noticed is that some of the nights that he has woken up more. Some of them have just been a settle, like a, a burp or just literally like a cuddle, whereas normally he'll sleep until he's hungry yeah, and then feed right. him go back to sleep again. Yeah. So it's been really weird that one of these little tiny changes that has happened has mm. been like, oh, I just needed something, but I'm not sure what, but you're there, but I okay, now I can go back to sleep again. Okay. What's your thoughts on wake windows while we're talking about sleep? Yeah, sure. So wake windows are helpful for many. There's nothing inherently wrong with following wake windows, but there are some things to caution against. They, first of all, they're not evidence-based, so they really are just made up. I saw uh, your post on this and way. I was like, oh, really? That's oh. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. a revelation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like you read these things, you read about windows everywhere and you think it's necessary and gospel, but actually it's just made up. So if it works yeah. for you, and it is helpful then by all means. There's no harm in following the wake windows. But if they don't work for you and your family, then you're not doing anything wrong. And this is where I see so many people come unstuck because sleep needs are so variable baby to baby. And newborns, for example, can sleep between nine hours and 20 hours in a 24-hour period. And all of that is normal. So and that is evidence-based. So that is what the research shows. So there might be an average of, say, 14 to 17 hours over 24 hours in the newborn period, but anywhere between 9 and 20 is all okay and within the normal range. So even just looking at that, universal wake windows can't be a thing for all of them. They're not going to fit every baby. Yes. Also, there's so much variability day to day, and two days don't need to look the same. Sleep needs seem to balance out over a few days. Yes. So you might have, with my newborn, I noticed that some days he just sleeps all bloody day, he's a sack of potatoes. And then the next day he might be a little bit more wakeful and spend more time awake. There are times where his wake windows blow out for three hours or four hours because I have two other kids and things are happening around him. And there are days where he wakes up and goes back to sleep after half an hour. It's just too variable to think that we can follow these really... I don't want to say rigid yeah. because we should be using them with flexibility, but those really predictable weight windows. Yes. Also, it takes the anxiety regularity off knowing is that a, as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and regularity is a temperament trait. So some babies are more regular than others. 
some babies will never be predictable in their nature for, you know, sleeping, eating, pooing, all of that. Yeah. So if you have a particularly regular baby, weight windows might be really good for you. Yeah. But if not, it will be, it will cause too much stress. Sorry, speaking of day sleeps, I've noticed that Seb tends to have little half-hour cat naps unless I am actually putting him up in the carrier, like upright on me. And I'm wondering, mm. is that is that a day versus night thing or could that be a reflux thing or is that just he just wants it? Because he's still sleeping quite a good chunk overnight lying down in the bassinet. But even if we're mm-hmm. at home and I put him in the same exact bed, you know, in his own bassinet during the day, it still tends to be half an hour. But yeah, I just wonder yeah, if they're it's common not, causes. It's, it's likely not that he's upright, it's that he's on you. Mm. So when he wakes between sleep cycles, he feels your heartbeat, he feels the warmth of your body, he hears you. He's having, you know, getting movement as you walk around the house. That is how he keeps sleeping longer versus being in his cot where he wakes up and calls for you. Signals yeah. for you. Yeah. So that, that's the difference. So it's, a, it's about our babies in the first year of life attached through defences, attached through proximity. So this is the only way they, they really know that they are with us is by seeing us, hearing us, feeling us and being with us. And my, so that is where they're going to be happier. Dio yeah. definitely sleeps better when he can hear my husband snoring. <laughs> <laughs> Not like us. <laughs> Sorry, Leon. <laughs> uh, I've got a question just pretty broad. How do we work on our bond with our baby in general? Is there anything that you can recommend as far as like daily things that we can do? Well, yeah, yeah, nice. playing with them, but if, it's more just who you are with them. So it's not necessarily about activities or things that you do with them to strengthen your bond. It's how you see them, how you interact with them and how you make sense of their feelings. The biggest thing with attachment and instrumental health is attunement. For you to see your baby and wonder what's going on inside their mind, mm. then that is what is going to deepen our attachment more than anything else, to be able to see and hypothesize about their internal world. And so if your baby is showing a cue that they need something or they like something or don't like something, and for us to see them and try to understand them and try to offer what we think they need is more, yeah, it's it's going to strengthen that bond more than anything else is that attunement and just trying to see their world through their eyes. Yeah, It's so interesting you say that, Fiona. So I have been doing a deep dive on my computer to transfer everything off it and I came across a, a video that someone had made for me of my of Will's first birthday. So he's now seven. Yeah. And I forgot yeah. I even had that. Yeah. And in the video, I'm just looking at Will and where he's looking and trying to follow that direction and you just don't you don't see that, I guess, when you're doing that. Mm. But it's so interesting yeah. to observe that from the outside. Because often you feel like you're not doing a very good job, but then you reflect and you're like, oh, actually, I did a pretty good job. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I think I want to get the point across as well that it's not not all, you know, baby wearing and no. co-sleeping and breastfeeding and things that strengthen attachment. It's so much more than that. And it's not, you know, I think we get caught up in this. I think you asked a question about parenting styles as well, mm. like attachment parenting mm. or secure attachment, but that's not 
really help with your attachment formed. It's it's more about noticing, going out of circle of security, noticing when they need support for exploration and knowing when they need closeness and comfort. Yeah. Yeah. And also Geo's I find he is quite independent. He likes to have his own space. So knowing when to step back as well, would that be part of it? Absolutely, yes. So reading their cues when they want to engage and when they want to disengage. There's nothing more infuriating than seeing a baby who can't get up and walk away from someone. So it's turning their head and trying to look away and trying to, you know, get out of interaction with somebody and someone following them around and waving a toy in their face. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of attunement that we're looking for, not like that. Yeah, and yeah, them getting overstimulated. Sometimes I'll just put him yeah. down on the mat by himself and he's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, right, yeah. that's what you needed. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. and we misattune for their youth all day long as well. So we might put them on the mat and they yell at us and say that's not what they wanted, so we pick them back up. Yes. So we're constantly, you know, we're not going to get it right all the time. It's this constant dance of, okay, this is what I think you need, so I'm going to mm-hmm. give it to you and go, oh, no, you're telling me that's not what you need, so I'm going to try something else. and. It's this flexible experimentation and trial and error of what I think you need. And and it's okay to not get it right all the time. Having worked with so many families. Sorry, Fiona, what were you going to say? You're right. You go. Oh, you go, Hill. Having worked with so many families like you have, obviously lots of different people involved in a baby's life. If if the mum, you know, or the primary caregiver might be slightly more in tune with the cues and that kind of thing, but then if you kind of see maybe someone else doing something, you're like, oh, I don't think he wants that. It's not the in-laws. What's the the respectful way to kind of be like, okay, you know, notice this or, you know, maybe – Try that. Like I, I sometimes feel like I repeat myself and nothing changes. That's not me. That's from mother's group. Just <laughs> a question of a friend. Yeah. Asking for a friend. It's really, it's really hard. And I think knowing and having comfort in the fact that babies only need one, or our kids just need one secure attachment relationship with one adult caregiver to reap the benefits, the lifelong benefits of having a secure attachment. So they are going to have different relationships and attachment relationships with everybody in their lives. You might be the one, if you are reading their cues a little better and giving them space and giving them support as they need, then they might feel safer to come to you with the hard things in life or safer showing their emotions with you and knowing that they will be met with, you know, that safe haven and secure base. When there are people who are in their face, I... I just make moment-to-moment decisions. Sometimes I just let it go if they're not stressed and I just, Mm. you know, seeing this attunement, but whatever. We can't, you know, control every interaction they have with every human throughout their lives. But if they're really, it's coming across as disrespectful and babies getting upset, then I would just... Because they're really not reading that. Oh, I don't think he wants that, yeah. Yeah. Intervening (laughs) and when to intervene. Yeah. It's tricky. (laughs) Yeah. It is really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Just talking on that, Fiona, because I know when Will was little, he really didn't like being in the car and he would scream, like constantly in the car. And, you know, I would go and visit my sister who was 20, 30 minutes away, maybe 40 minutes in traffic, and she was like, my only out, and I just needed to get there, but I would feel horrible Mm. having to listen to him Mm. scream. And I always wondered 
and I have asked you this question before, so I know the answer, but for everyone else listening, like I always thought that I was like damaging him by doing mm. that and I felt shame and guilt because I was doing something for me and he was screaming and I would stop and feed him and, you know, cuddle him afterwards. Mm. But can you, is that, can you talk a little bit about that and is it okay if, if you can't meet their needs in a certain situation? Yeah. and I think that's really common even when thinking about sleep, uh, like mm. you're kind of doing the best thing for the family, mm. not necessarily for the baby, but are you going to break them? Mm. No. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we look at rupture and repair. Yeah. And ruptures are just like those little misattunements in day-to-day things, like I was talking about before, when your baby wants to feed and you put them down or they want to be picked up and you don't, you know, those sort of misattunements are little ruptures. Mm. And the bigger ruptures are when our babies need emotional regulation, co-regulation, and we can't be there for them or we miss the mark in, in some way. There's always opportunity for repair. Our attachment relationships with our babies are robust, providing everything else is going okay. So they can handle these little periodic misattunements like crying in the past, Mm. but it's important that we have that repair afterwards. So that repair might just be like picking them up and, as we say in circle security, coming back on the circle, letting them in on the bottom of the circle mm. and just cuddling them and talking to them. I know that was really hard. Mama couldn't come to you. I've got you. I've got you. I'm here. You're safe. Mm. And knowing that, that that's life sometimes. Sometimes you have to really prioritise being happen. safe or yeah. Yeah. getting somewhere where you need to get there and that is really hard for us and for them, but it's going to happen mm. regardless. Yeah. I know it's really hard. It's okay, I didn't damage him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's thriving. I have one more big question and it's probably something that, um, hopefully it's something that you can answer. The mental load of being a mum is quite heavy in general especially as the primary caregiver. Thankfully, we've worked out a bit of a routine in our house that's kind of working for us. But by the time like five o'clock rolls around in the afternoon, I'm like, I would say I'm chomping at the bit for my husband to walk in the door. I'm like, yeah, your your turn to take the baby. Is it quite, I'm imagining it's quite common to feel this way. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything that we can do to help the people around us understand or anything we can do for ourselves to really lighten that load a little bit? Yeah, this is, this is a universal problem, isn't it? Because yeah. we aren't supposed to be raising babies alone. Yes. We aren't supposed to be in these, these nuclear families with no family or even if we do have family support, it's, it's little and far between. Yeah. So the work it takes and the intensity, the emotional intensity it takes to raise one human baby is more than one grown-up is supposed to manage on their own. Yep. So we are feeling bent and burnt out and really bloody tired at the end of the day. Yeah. And the other la- layer of that is that all of the work we do throughout the day is very invisible. Yeah, so we is, can yeah. be working our butts off in ways that are really not appreciated because they're not seen. So sometimes the first thing to do is to make the invisible visible. Even making yourself a little checklist of what you need to do that day and, you know, like little things like have a shower, make myself some breakfast, something like that so that you can see what you get to and what you don't get to. To let your partner know, I know it feels like I just, you know, unload on you when you get home, but this is why because I am doing all this stuff and I don't get, 
you know, the gold stars that you get at work. I don't get the, hey, good job, here's a pay rise. I think someone so I appreciate to appreciate the lunch work. break. <laughs> what is that? I don't get a lunch break, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no such and thing then, as recess. <laughs> yeah, where's recess and afternoon tea time? <laughs> yeah, well, mm. and just being clear with your partner about what you need in that moment. Do you need to just, when you hand them over, when they walk in, like, I just need five minutes. Every day when you get home from work, I need to give you the baby and I need to go into the room for five minutes and listen to a meditation or I need to go have a shower and I'm mm. interrupted or, you know, being really clear about what you need and why mm. so that it is just making some of that invisible stuff more I visible. Will, I will say, Fiona, Ben and I, my husband and I did the swap last year where he stays at home now when I work and I have been there at the end of the day just oh, at my tether and he's come home mm. and he just wants to sit on the couch and chill on his phone. And I'm like, take the kids. Mm. Oh. And now and I come home now and I'm like, I just want to chill on the couch because I'm overworked. But I also understand what it's like being the stay-at-home parent. Take the kids for a walk, yeah. take the dog for a walk. And we've had much more open communication, I guess, and yeah. respect mm. for each other's role since mm. we did the swap because he's like, God, it's just, they just drive you. It's relentless. Like that last <laughs> yeah. hour and a half is like, whoo, got to push <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Well, that, that would be ideal for everyone yeah, to and do the swap because yes. that's going to really in the relationship and the understanding of what that looks like for both of you. Yeah, yeah. And I find not to say that their job's not hard too. No, it's, it's just different a different hard. hard. It is different, yeah. yeah. Mm. And my husband works a lot, so mm. I know that he needs yeah. a break as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's a hard that balance. Absolutely what did someone say the other like, okay. day that they did? They did a, I'm at 80, like I can give you 80% or I'm at 20. Come oh, at 20%. Brene Brown. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. And she yeah. was like, this is how we, and we don't we don't use that, but I thought, oh, that's clever, just having your way yeah. of describing about like how much you've got in the tank, like how much you've yeah. got to give. And it's all about communication right? yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, that's what all relationships yeah. are based around. Um. um Hey, I, I, I know you have to go. We've taken up way too much of your time. It's okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. Get us back over here. Thank you so much, Fiona, for coming on and Thank being, you for having me. you know, being so welcoming and non-judgmental of all the different things that we go through as parents and just being a safe space for me on Instagram. I don't follow too many people, but yeah, you're wonderful. Aww. So well, back Thank you um, so much. It's yeah. been really. Yeah, reassuring. And I'm acknowledging the load that Helen's doing right now, trying to get Seb to sleep. It's, she's doing really <laughs> She's doing a lot of shushing. We've darkened the room in the studio. It's yeah. feeling a bit midnight like Everyone, Everyone's going to have a little nap. You guys will be asleep before the baby. Yeah, yeah I will be. <laughs> Thanks so much, Fiona. I really appreciate your right. time. And I'll, guys, I'll link um, Fiona's memberships and resources in the show notes. So please go and check them out. I'm excited to check out Circle of Security. Yes. All right. Thanks, Fiona. Thank you. All right. Thank you, love. Bye. I wanted to introduce you to my online membership, the Baby Play Academy. With over 250 purposeful play ideas from birth to walking, masterclasses on rolling, crawling, walking and baby sign language, bonus extras like webinars from paediatric experts and tummy time and sensory play PDFs, over 150 frequently asked questions at your fingertips and my favourite on-hand support from my team of physio, OT and speech, as well as hundreds of other parents in our online support forum. It is everything you need to play, connect and reduce the anxiety around development in that first year and a half of your baby's life. Come and check it out at www.babyplayacademy.com.
I would like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. I pay my respect to the elders, both past, present and future. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Baby Banter. If you've enjoyed it, or if you have more questions, let's continue the conversation over on my Instagram, Nicole underscore Kids Physio. You can also check out NicoleKidsPhysio.com for lots of goodness, as well as the freebies mentioned today. Do you know a new parent or have a family member with questions? I would love it if you could share this podcast with them. Don't forget to leave a rating and review, and I'll see you next time on Baby Banter. Hey, mum, it's time for Baby Banter.